Here we go. Roll video. I think anybody creating something new must have an adventure. It's not cinema, it's something else. My advice to a young filmmaker is to make a movie every week. The whole bag of movies can be learned in about a day and a half. But suspense is essentially an emotional process. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta make films, you gotta make it and get a scene. Cinema for me is a world of when I dream. Welcome to Behind the Slate. I am your host, Aaron Strand. And today we are speaking with Brent Michael. Brent is an actor and filmmaker, just all around like film guy. Uh, He works at the Plaza Theater, the oldest continually operating cinema in Atlanta. He has written and directed and starred in multiple short films. And he is playing the lead role of Jay in our film Withdrawal. Brent, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Did you see I was flashing? Yeah. I got and the video drum shirt on, too. Even in New York, baby, always representing. Holding it down for the A. Um, yes, sir. So take me back. Tell me, uh, how did you, you know, just generally, how did you first get into acting? Mm, I guess doing theater first when I was a kid. That was probably, actually, it's funny when you say acting, because to me, it was like always, uh, it wasn't just acting. It was just like movies in general. I was just obsessed. Like as far back as I can remember, like, uh, I was telling my friend the other day that when I was in like kindergarten or first grade, I remember I brought in the VHS tape of happy Gilmore as like my show and tell thing. Cause I was just like, this is, there's nothing better than this, right? Like movies are as good as it gets. And so I just always knew that like, not only that I wanted to be in them, but that like, I wanted to make them and stuff. And so it was just kind of like, it all came together. So then I would always do like summer theater camps and shit when I was a kid and make movies at home, make like little jackass videos and skate videos and like little action movies with my brother. And then, um, I had an agent when I was like 11 or 12, something like that. And then I would do all those dumb little like, uh, safety videos and stuff. Like, I feel like those are the jobs I was getting, that kind of shit. And then, like, um, I did this one TV series that was on, like, ABC, and I played, like, this the main kid's friend, and then I would stand in for him when he wasn't there because I was, like, a little bit older than him. And, uh, yeah, and then it just, like, never stopped, you know? It just kept compounding and growing and... Um, you know, the love deepened. So I guess your parents were like pretty supportive of your interests. Like, did they help you get an agent and like get like, I guess they were taking you to auditions and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. My mom, um, it was just me and my mom, but she, uh, she knew that I was obsessed. And so then she took me to this, um, I don't even know what you call it. It was like a cattle call thing, you know, for kids showing up to a thing. And then I remember they had, everyone was like in this room and they had the guy who was running it. And he was like, can, does someone want to come up and do like, uh, they were basically like improvise a commercial. And I went up and I was like, uh, it was like a Coca-Cola commercial or something. And I was like 10 or 11. And I was like, uh, I was, you know, I came up, I did like some like Ron Burgundy style character and I was like Coca-Cola. And then I was like, thanks Sheila. Like doing the, and they were like, Oh great. And then they like gave me, uh, different scenes to act out and stuff and different commercials. And then I kept doing those. And then I actually, it's like the weirdest thing. I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I got on an adult improv group when I was a kid 
I remember I was hanging out with my friend and his dad drove us to this like open improv night. And we were the only kids there. And then they were like, oh, you're so funny. You should join us at these things. So my mom would have to drive me to these events where they'd be like at a bar performing improv. And I would have to like go before like 9 p.m. And they like call me up and like do a scene with these people when I was like 12 or 13 years old. So it was pretty awesome. Damn, that's crazy. And shout yeah. out to your mom for, uh, you know, driving you to all the She's stuff. the sickest, dude. Yeah. And she, yeah, I feel like the movie thing, my mom loved movies in the same way. And she was super young too. So I feel like her tastes were so on the money, like growing up in the nineties and her also kind of growing up in the nineties and being obsessed with like everything that was coming out at that time and like all the Miramax shit and everything. So that really like bled into what I was watching at an early age with absolutely no censorship, you know? So that was pretty sweet. That's yeah, that's, that's pretty great. Was it, do you remember, was there a specific movie that sort of like, really caught your imagination of like, like as like a cinephile, like as a, you know, just beyond like sort of like popular movies. Dude, you know, what's wild. They all like felt the same to me. It wasn't until I got older and you start meeting people who are fucking snobs about it that you realize there was like a difference. Like when I was a kid, dude, I was fucking obsessed with Smokey and the Bandit. And you couldn't tell me that that wasn't a great fucking film. You know what I mean? And like to the point where like I even made a sequel to Smokey and the Bandit before I realized there were sequels. It was actually a prequel where I played, and dude, I grew up in bumfuck Georgia. So like you could just drive cars as a kid, like on the road, you know? So like my mom was married to this piece of shit who had this like truck that was, uh, and he would leave the keys in it. And so my friend Molly came over and she had a video camera and she filmed me driving his truck and stuff. And I was just hauling ass in this fucking beat up truck. And I would, um, and I played like a young bandit, like I dressed up like him, like I wore cowboy boots and like a red shirt. And then my mom played, I had her play this woman who was like, uh, this is my first taste of directing and just being such an asshole to my mom because she played, um, this woman who was like, Hey bandit, like, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, you're not doing it right. Like you, you're being too much. Like you got to tone it down, you know? So yeah, that was sick. So I don't even remember the question, but yeah, I remember doing that. I remember writing a sequel to The Outsiders again before I realized there was a sequel to The Outsiders. Yeah, dude, it was a lot of shit like that where like every single thing that I watched, I then took on. Like I was like, not only I'm not just liking this because it's a movie. I'm liking it because I'm going to fucking do that. Like I remember when I was in elementary school, I was obsessed with American graffiti. And so I made all of my friends on the playground, like audition to be in my remake of American graffiti and stuff. And I didn't realize that like, you couldn't do that. Like I was fully like, <laughs> I think I just had one of those like moms and families who like a support system that was like, yeah, fuck it. You can do whatever you want. And I was like, okay, lit. And so then I was just like auditioning my friends to be an American graffiti remake, having no clue how you would actually make a movie. I was just like, let's do this thing. That's badass. That's badass. I, yeah. So like, I kind of see this like logical uh, progression because your films, like you as a filmmaker, mm -hmm. you know, you have this really distinctive style, you know, like your films, uh, at least the ones that I've seen on your Vimeo, you know, they're all shot in this like lo-fi style. They feature this really smooth voiceover of like, modern southern gothic poetry it kind of feels like um like uh postmodern faulkner sort of like, like oh dude you, that's sick but, 
But like if Faulkner was like borrowing Fucking soundbite yeah. that, dude. Postmodern yeah. Faulkner, I'll take that shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. You could grab it. And it's but it, like if Faulkner only had his mom's camcorder, you know what I mean? And yeah. <laughs> so like how yeah, did yeah. how did you kind of land on that style? Man, that's tough. I don't know. I think probably at a certain age, I think initially it was like all comedy shit that I was into. You know, I did like a live late night talk show for a bit. I did um I did like a bunch of different style like almost mockumentary style shit and everything. But then I kept feeling like that thing was easy. Like I knew the structure of it and I knew how to do it. Like sketch almost. You know what I mean? Like I knew the game of it. And I knew that I personally was just so fucking blown away by like uh days of heaven. Or at the time, you know, this is like probably coming out of high school, uh, gummo or something like that. And so watching movies like that, I was just like, holy shit. And then I also knew that like, I'm not a visual guy. Like I know people who are so fucking like, they can see it. And I know that like, I'm not a composer of shots, but if a shot is composed, I will stuff that motherfucker with all the goodies I can. And so I kind of started with the process of like, I don't want to have to depend on a bunch of people. Like I fucking hate the way movies are made in the sense that you need so many people, you need all this shit. I was like, I know that if I use that type of equipment, which I have my hands on, Anyone can hold the fucking camera and we can point it at something specifically and we can try to fill up that screen with so much life and so much just exotic shit. And then I've always loved writing too. And so then it was just like kind of mixing the two of those together. And so I would literally like with all the things that you probably watched, even going up to like head ass, which is like the longest thing I did. It was like, who's available today? Uh, what the fuck can we do? Who's got the wildest shit they can wear? And then I will type. And a lot of times, like when I'm writing shit that like, if there's actual dialogue, I'll just type up like dash line, dash line, dash line, no character names, no nothing, no description. We show up and we just fucking go for it. You know what I mean? And then I'll take my time just like kind of piecing it all together and then writing voiceover at the same time. And while I'm doing that, I'm dude, I'm taking in so many things at once, like watching fucking Marx brothers and bugs bunny and listening to fucking John Prine or something. And then like all the little words and different things start slipping in. And then it becomes like, I almost feel like the things I've done, I always call them video zines because they feel like, like just a, a mountain that's been built on shit. I love. So they're almost like mixtapes to me in a way, you know, like I always think like my goal with so many of them is like, I fucking want to make movies that feel like uh, pop records. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want it to feel like, you know how I was talking to someone about this the other day, you know how like, I just mentioned John Prine, you listen to a John Prine song, Clocks and Spoons, you're fucking, you're transported, you're blown away. It's like the the poetry is incredible but then isn't it hilarious that like you could listen to a fucking wham song and feel the exact same way or like a miley cyrus song like there is something to be said for pop music that like it gets shit on but like uh you know there's something about like if you can feel the hook and you can get into it you can fucking ride that wave and so it's like oftentimes i want to make shit that is less um 
trying to get like an emotional response from someone and more trying to get like an excitable response. Like I feel like my favorite movies are movies that just get me like, fuck you, baby, let's fucking make movies, you know? So I think I'm trying to do that same thing. Yeah, I I love that. I mean, I think that that like that that ethos, that spirit is like something that like draw, like that really piqued my interest, like in getting exposed to your work and like something that I really relate to, you know, not that I like, not that like, not that that's exactly like my mission statement, but it's a mission that I like relate to that I respect. And, but that also that ethos of like, let's just do this. Like I'm like, we don't like, we don't need a million dollars and a bunch of pretentious like shit to make a movie. Like that's not what this is about. And, uh, and yeah, I think there's nothing more valuable, uh, or like, there's nothing I love more in seeing a film than like, if it inspires me to be like, I could have made, like, I could make that. Like we could all make a movie. Yeah. That that is like, definitely like, I think the most prized uh, extra element. And I don't like films where they like, they're so exclusionary where it's like, you could never make this movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, dude, it's, it's, and that fucking kills me with like, um, There are so many filmmakers I love, like in Atlanta, who will be like, yeah, I'm just waiting to get 60 grand for this short. I'm like, 60 grand? Dude, I'll make fucking Avatar 3 with 60 grand. Are you kidding me? Like, dude, give me $1,500 and I'll make your movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, to each his own, I guess. For sure. You know, one of the other things that, like, I really appreciated, you know, when we first started talking way back in the audition process was that, like, it was just so clear that you were a cinephile, you know, like mm. I was throwing out like comp films for withdrawal, you know, I was like throwing out like the celebration or the panic in, in Neil Park yeah. or whatever. And, uh, or like Mike Lee's naked. And you were just like, Oh yeah, dude. Like I, I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen that. <laughs> and that kind of, that shared language was like really exciting to me. Um, you know, and like in thinking about, you know, the possibility of working together. It, it's wild. You said naked too, because, um, you know how much I love that movie, but I was on, I did a podcast last week and uh, the dude was talking about how he thinks naked is a Western. And he was talking about like a gunslinger leaving town, can't go back. And he shows up and he's not a great guy, but it turns out there's someone even worse there who he has. And I was like, damn, dude, it's a good argument being made. I'm not going to make cool. his argument again for him, but like pretty cool. No, I like that. I could, I could, I could be down with that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So I kind of want to like talk back, like through your audition process and kind of like explore each step of the way. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I dude. think, I mean, listen, I think it's really valuable to like kind of lift the veil on some of this stuff. And, um, and, yeah. like, and, and I just, I'm curious, you know, sort of like how, like how this, you know, look like how we got brought together. Cause we didn't know each other before we started working right. on this thing. Um, so Okay, so you initially submitted uh, to the project via backstage. What is that? Yes, sir. Is that something that you usually use to discover projects? Like, what is it? What is it like Dude. for you as an independent artist to find work? Yeah. So you know, like I said, I I did like um, a lot when I was younger, and then when I got into like my twenties, I was like, "Fuck that noise! I'm making my own shit. Like, I'm not waiting around. I'm not gonna wait to do these roles I want to do. I'll just do them." You know, and then I did that for like eight years or something, maybe even more than that. And then just this year, I was like, why am I being so pretentious about this? Like, why not go out and try to make a little cash doing what I love, you know? And so then I got on backstage and no shit, dude, withdrawal was the first uh, tape I did. 
That's crazy. When I got back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that, and then it was a porta potty commercial. Booked both them bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Which is wild, dude, because I fucking like, um, you know, when I was doing that whole racket, it was like you go to a room and there's like, and out, because I was a kid, and there's like, eight adults standing around and they're like reading lines with you. And so I was like, cool, that's what it's like. And then I do a self tape and dude, you gotta be honest. Was that the worst self tape you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> no, no, it was it wasn't, it wasn't. But I, okay. But I will say this is really funny. This is really funny. Cause like in preparation for this, I did like go back to our initial communications. Okay. So just, just for the record, you know, the, cause there's no right way to submit to a project. You never yeah. know. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so Brent, like he submitted to the project via backstage. We communicated. He, you were like not able to get your tape in like by the like deadline or something. Yeah. My I friend think. got hit and run on his yeah. bicycle. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I was helping like, him out when. Yeah, you were like, I've got this personal emergency, but I really want to submit a tape. And so I was like, okay, you can just email it to me like when you're ready or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you send me the self tape. But the first thing, of course, is that I read is the email. So this is this is your email. You okay. wrote, you wrote, yo, thanks for the extra time, man. It was a pleasure reading sides with real flavor. I hope to, <laughs> I hope to get to read more. Jay feels like a little Pacino in Panic in Needle Park. And I guess. And a little Shia in American Honey, to me. Yeah. Uh, also relate to growing up in a small town. Uh, I'm shit at the at symbol. I'm shit at the self-tape thing because I'm bad at faking it. Faking yeah. it. Faking spelled F-A-K-I-N. I'm bad at yeah, faking dude, it. Yeah, dude, that's how you say it. So along with the tape, I attached a scene from something I did recently with a similar feel. Would love the chance to dig into the shit with you on it. Okay. <laughs> Which is just so funny. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I, dude. So that's then you, a perfect email. I right, beautiful, beautifully composed. <laughs> Grammarly could not do it better. Um, uh-uh. So then, so then you include your self tape, which is really good, by the way. But the funny uh-uh. thing is, no, 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 it really was. Uh, so you know, you you had said like, oh, I'm not good at self taping. The only thing was is that you submitted the self tape where you were in like a full body wide shot. Where like <laughs> usually self tapes are like in a medium close up. I know, dude. Like, I didn't know the right rules. Now. I literally, dude. I was crashing at my friend's house, and he came home for like five minutes from work, and I was like, "Yo, I gotta shoot this thing." No fucking ring lights, no setups or something. So he's sitting on his couch holding it in the widest frame possible. And But part of it was like he danced at the beginning. So I wanted you to see me dance into frame and then fucking, you know, get after it. And uh, I remember I showed it to someone after it and they said, that is the worst self-tape I've ever seen. <laughs> They were like, bro, you can't even, there's like window, harsh window light and then shadow all over me. It's the widest frame. You, It's like, it sounds bad. I was like, fuck it, whatever, dude. That's the system. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the other thing that I'm just now remembering. It was so obviously handheld because like. The oh yeah, dude, way be, I, I figured this guy wants a shaky cam vibe. I'll fucking give it to him, man. <laughs> um well you know it's so funny because like despite all that the tape was really good i like i showed it to jonathan our producer and um you know it immediately like the second i saw it i was like oh this is in like our top you know this is in our top five guys yeah and uh we were going through the submissions and i showed it to him and like yeah all these things were detracting from it but the performance was there and i remember we Mm -hmm. watched it together in a coffee shop and he was just like oh that guy's really good 
Um, Sick. And yeah, I mean, it, it like it totally. You know, love Jonathan, by the way. Oh yeah, he's great. Awesome fucking um, dude. Yeah. So it just it just was uh, no. It just like clearly read through. I'm curious, what was um, what was your initial uh, like impression of the project and like of reading the breakdown? Oh man, I'll tell you what. I was at work. You mentioned I work at the Plaza, and I was there. And, um, you'd sent me the breakdown and let me know about the callbacks. And I was like, well, fuck it. Let me, you know, flip through this thing. And I started reading the breakdown. And then I remember like halfway through, I was working with my friend and I was like, fuck. And he was like, what? I was like, it's actually good. <laughs> Cause you know, most of the time you like, you just read shit, you know? Um, or stuff that, let me not say shit. Let me say shit that you don't vibe with. And when I was reading, I was like, oh, I would like would write this. Like, I love this. You know what I mean? And I love this guy. And again, like, not just like Pacino and Panic because of the um, content. Pacino and Panic because it feels like a debut. Like when I was reading, I was like, wow, you wrote a character. Like, it was funny because after one of our first rehearsals, I was like, I don't know why this dude doesn't want to play it himself. You know what I mean? Because I was like, this role is sick as hell. Like, this is one of those roles that you feel like if I were to watch a young actor do, I'd be like, fuck, I want it. I want that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want that moment. So really, I felt grateful, dude. And so then when I was reading the treatment, I was like, this is genuinely so good. And then had the craziest experience ever, which I'm pretty sure I told you about. Um, That fucking night, Millie came into the plaza. And she knew my friend who was working there. And then he was like, this sounds like a movie my friend is working on. She fucking walks in the door to see like hairspray or something. And uh, she goes, yeah, I'm working on it. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's called Withdrawal. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm literally reading the treatment right now. And then we we're like, cool, 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 cool. And then it was just a weird thing. And my friend who I was working with, Josh, he was like, uh, he was like, dude, you fucking got it. He was like, if she comes in, you're reading it. It's, it's fate, dude. There's no way you don't. And I was like, cool. So then I like, uh, prep pretty hard for that callback, man. I was like, hype as fuck for that. You know what I mean? Like I ran to the callback. I'm just like getting all fucking hyped up, ready to do those scenes. You remember I brought in my little baggie of crushed yeah. salt. Okay, so, <laughs> so yeah, so let me let me like yeah, let me let's talk about this. So like, okay, so yeah. like you sent your tape in and then it was like it took me like a month or like a month and a half to like finish Yeah, it dude, I wrote it off. I was like, well, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it took it was like a really slow audition process, but I I was watching like like hundreds of tapes. Mm. And so um uh anyway, so I finally set up this in-person callback and we do it at Dad's Garage Theater here in Atlanta. And, um, yeah, the way that it was set up was that there was, um, there was two, uh, actresses, two female actors coming in for the, for the role. And then like four guys. And we were, I was just going to like cycle everyone through so that everyone got to read with everyone. Um, and we were just trying to like, kind of find that vibe and you came in and I mean, I remember like just being like bowled over with your energy, your focus, like you brought in this whole, like you were just like full body experience and like full body acting right away, which is like totally my aesthetic and like what I, what I like. Um, so that was like really striking. What, like, yeah. What, what went into that preparation for that for you? Um, uh, so I was, it was during the Atlanta film festival, which was cool. Cause I kept seeing you popping in and out oh, yeah. and <laughs> which was awesome. You know, it was like, Oh, this is cool because it, 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 
already built to like a level of comfortability because you'd come up, we'd talk, we'd shake hands, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the whole time I was like uh, going for like I was doing those sides and I was trying. I was employing like everything that I had. Like I have no process. I have a thousand processes. You know what I'm saying? Like I was throwing everything at it. And um, my lady is also an actor and she studied uh, at NYU. Stella, same program you did, which is fucking tight. Yeah, it's so sick. Wait, what? That's why I asked you that. That one day at rehearsal, I was like, what'd you study? Because everything I would go home and tell her, she'd be like, oh, he had to be Stella. Like he had to be because so much of the shit that you guys would say would, would kind of overlap. So she was kind of putting me through some of those um, exercises and shit and uh, really pushing me. And then I was just coming in with like, uh, I just wanted to make a lot of choices. I wanted to come in uh, hot with it. You know what I'm saying? And so I like didn't want to waste time. Cause I remember that was one of the things like before we started, you were like, is there anything you want to talk about? So I was like, Fuck no. Let's go. Like, let me just jump in and then we'll talk. And then, dude, I have to say, man, I was so hype leaving that audition because I remember I said, if, I, if I'm not Jay, it is what it is. But me and Aaron will work together because there was such a fucking thing on set where, like, I feel like you appealed to exactly who I am as a performer where, like, I remember there was one moment where I was standing there doing something. And you came up and you were like, you fucking love her, man. You love her. And you're like patting me on the back, like like smacking me on the shoulder. And you're like, you love this girl. You don't want to fight. And I was like, you're right. I fucking do love this girl, dude. I'm going to fucking, I'm not letting this bitch go, dude. Like, you know, it was like such a silly thing. But like that, I respond to that level of like, almost like coaching, like pushing, yeah. you know what I mean? And And you're great about that. And so it was one of those things where like, what was kind of amazing was both actors that I read with that day or that I did the scenes with were amazing. Um, and what I thought was great was the way you spoke to each of them and the way you spoke to me was different. And you had such a way of reading people that you spoke to all three of us differently. And there was a way of like piecing something together. And then I remember there was a moment uh, with Millie where you guys were having like kind of a quiet face to face and I was doing push-ups in the corner getting fucking you know in the zone <laughs> and the whole time but what was amazing was like I felt like we were all kind of we were we were sharing the room and it already started I don't know how you feel about this but it started to feel to me because we went over my time like I was in there for a minute and what it started to feel like to me was um we were no longer auditioning we were rehearsing yeah. Like when that moment happened, it was like, we started actually like you were directing those scenes and we were feel, like feeling them out. And that felt amazing, dude. Like that was such a, I don't know, dude, I left on such a high and I was just like, again, it was one of those things where it was like, I want this role more than anyone and more than anything. But if I don't get it, me and this motherfucker are going to make movies together. You know what I mean? So that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that feeling that feeling was definitely mutual. Although as soon as the audition was over, I was like, okay, well, it's definitely Brent. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I and like that, you know, so from my perspective, um, you know, going into this, like, you know, I kind of prepped you of that, like, I wanted to do this extended rehearsal process, you know, I believe that the sort of like intimacy between these two lead characters, like can't be 
um just like show up to set and like let's just like fake it like it's got to yeah. be like built over time and so i really wanted to structure the uh, that final audition to be more like a rehearsal and to be more like an exploratory process just to see how we vibe together because you know some people like that you know like they get a note and they like don't you know they don't respond or um yeah. you know that like people don't want to be they don't want to be directed or like whatever you know whatever whatever it is and just sort yeah. of like how that working relationship and obviously you can't recreate sort of like an extended process but you want to be able to try to like get in the room with people um yeah really suss it out and yeah it was incredibly exciting um uh to to have you come into the room you know i loved like you did come in you came in you had a prop with you you had like a prop bag of drugs <laughs> um into room, which like which like is fun, but like that wasn't the choice. Like that was not the thing that like blew me the way blew me away the most about your audition. It was more your, you had a distinctive point of view of the character. Uh, it was so clear you came in with like a direct intention, and it was actually another choice that I, really stuck out to me, which is that there was a scene um, that you guys did for the audition where it was like the couple Viv and Jay. Viv comes home, she's gotten some drugs, but it turns out that they're fake, and you're like, okay, well we've got to go back to the ATM to get mm-hmm. to get more money and um you started off the scene by taking off your shoes and i was like mm-hmm. like oh this is okay what's he what's he, what's he doing here <laughs> <laughs> you planted them like on the far side of the stage because when it was like okay babe we've got to go to the atm you gave mm-hmm. business of like putting your shoes on because like now you're yeah. side. and i don't you know there's just something about that choice that was like it was thought out. It gave you an intention. I love like using just very mundane, actionable behavior to like, cause I think that that stuff's like really important to helping us through a scene. And yeah. yeah so the fact that you had like thought that out came in like with that, that choice, but it wasn't just like a gimmick choice. I guess that's what I'm really trying to get to. It wasn't just a, yeah. Oh, I'm going to put my shoes on. It was like, right. This is like justified within the circumstances, and I'm going to use this like, the, like the speed at which I'm like trying to get my shoes on mm-hmm. to like propel me like through this very real moment like with this person. And in fact, the shoes became an obstacle to the overall objective of like I've got to get her ass like outside and like to the ATM. Uh, yeah, and I just love that. Thanks, man. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was one of the first things I thought of because of what you're saying, the urgency that it created. I feel like so much of, um, and we've talked about this in rehearsals and shit, so much of like my thing is action, 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 like uh, purposeful action. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. finding and telling it through like those objectives and those actions. And like, that was, uh, that was exactly what you're saying. I was like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Let's get up, go get your ass up. Like, I remember that being one of the lines that ended up being repeated in that, uh, audition was, I was like, get your ass up, like get your fucking ass up right now. So yeah, that was awesome, man. Nice, nice. So yeah, so and uh, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but yeah, what were you feeling as you left the as you left the room that day? Oh, dude, joy, pure joy. Because and it's funny because I remember afterwards I went to work. There's still the Atlanta Film Festival, and I remember saying when I got there um, that again, no clue if it's mine or not, but I got to do what I love today. And you rarely feel like you get to act at a fucking audition. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what, like what I said, I, I'm so bad at faking it, dude. Like with these tapes, it's like, oh, you want me to talk to a fucking phone, dude? What? You know what I'm saying? Like that? No, put a goddamn breathing person in front of me and let me react and let me like share life with them. 
And you let us do that, dude. And you like constructed it in a way that it was like, I kind of left and I was like, dude, we full on, like we made a movie today. Like it felt like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause you were shooting the auditions, you know? So yeah, it yeah. felt like we were making a short film. And so I left just like on a high. I was like, I got to do something that I love today. And I felt like I was like supported. And more than anything, I felt like I was pushed, dude. I felt like somebody was like, you're doing pretty good, sweetie, but you could do better. And that was what was sick, dude, when I left. And that was the whole thing about me being like, oh, we're going to work together because I felt like you were like, you're pretty good, but you can be great. And that's what I wanted. You know what I'm saying? That's what you want from every experience, you know? Yeah, I, I, that's, a, that's amazing. You know, I do, I like, I, I take a lot of inspiration from sports and I really like like some of those elements of sports and like that, that ability to try to like that, like that relationship between coach and player director and actor that like, uh, uh, and I always feel as an actor, like I'm so desperate for that sort of, that sort of like um, outside perspective to help me get to like where I need to be. And so to, to be able to like, hopefully, you know, be that role uh, is like a real honor. So that, that means a lot to me that you said that. Um, yeah, dude. Do you have any, uh, do you have any like post audition routines to like, kind of like let go and like, or like, do you, is that even like an issue for you? No, nah. you know, yeah. I feel like we've co- we've come across this like in rehearsals and shit, but like, dude, I'm not very smart. So there's like no like intellectual shit involved with it. And I don't get attached to it at all, dude. Like I'm like fully detached. Like there'll be moments where we're in rehearsals and you and Millie are having like such good constructive character conversations and I'm like lit. I'm going to come in and sit right next to her. <laughs> That's like the only thing I'm thinking about and stuff. So it's so funny, like just the the way all our processes are working there. But yeah, dude, I, I feel like, of course I wanted this one and I was going in hot, but like, it was more just like, let me get in there and do what I love. And aside from that, dude, I'm fully detached from it. You know what I mean? Like each time that it means nothing to me once it's over. That's yeah. That's amazing. That, I think yeah. That's ideal. Um, and I, uh, yeah, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now. Um, okay. So like, I think it was like two to three days later, I sent you a text being like, Hey, can I call you? Um, what, you know, what was, what was going through your mind, uh, there? Um, oh, dude, you kidding me? I was like, I fucking, I got this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is he going to call me and tell me I didn't get it? yeah no i was pumped man i got the text and i was like this is uh this is big this is huge and it made me very very excited so that was uh yeah and then when you called um i feel like we had a great conversation and i asked you on the call i was like is millie vib and you were like yeah and i was like hell yeah because i could just feel it as great as the other actor was it was like uh, she and I just immediately linked up and I feel like we were chasing the same thing in the scene, you know? So that was sweet. Totally. Um, now for me, I sometimes I experience this like shift from like the audition process where it's like, okay, like I want this thing and I'm like, I'm geared to this thing. And like, you know, my, my imagination can't help but like imagine what it might be like to book it and what it might be like to like show up on set or whatever. And then if I do book it, there's this, sometimes this like shift in my brain where I'm like, Oh shit! Like now, I really have to do this. Do, do you, is this something yeah. you ever experience? Um, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I uh, when you said it, I my first thought was like, I think first thing I did was fucking went out and bought a new notebook, and I was like, that's my J notebook, baby. Let's get to work. You know what I mean? Because um, 
Yeah. And we've talked about this before. There's like, there's always like that gap you have to bridge between you and a character. It, aside from like the usage, um, and aside from like, obviously there's things that are like wildly different between me and Jay, but as far as like the way a man moves and speaks and stuff, the gap, it wasn't as large, you know what I'm saying? So it was one of those things where it was like, when you said I got it, I knew when we were shooting it and I was like tight, like I know my timeline and I know how I'm going to build to this thing so that when I show up, I am confidently there and I am him and we're fucking cruising and that's it. You know what I mean? And then especially because almost right away you started introducing like, yo, here are things I want you to think about. This is when we're doing rehearsals. This is when we're, and I was like, it's one of those things where I don't think I had time to be like, oh, fuck, what do you do now? It's like, tight, we're fucking doing it now. And I feel like the work I did for the audition wasn't work to like get me a job or to seem appealing. It was like work to be the best J. So then it was like all of that felt, you know, how sometimes like I feel like you prep for something in order to get something and then you get it and you're like, that prep was pointless. Now I have to actually like delve in. I felt like I was already diving into that motherfucker. So like, once we said it was a go, I was like, all right, cool. Like, I know what to do now. Like, I'm going to keep down the path I'm already on, you know? And I knew that based on the way the audition went, you were going to put my bumpers up and, you know, make sure I was going down the right tunnel. So totally, which I mean, which you are, I mean, you're, you're doing amazing. So like, we're now, you know, we're a little over like a month into rehearsals. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what is like, what has that rehearsal process been like for you? You know, what do you, what do you like? What do you not like? Like, what do you, it's cause it's kind of, it's like, it's a process that we don't really get to do a lot in the world of film, which is like something that I yeah. wanted to, to give, uh, to you guys as actors and to myself as a director, like, but, yeah. um, you know, what, what is that, re- what is that process like for you? Like, what do you think about it? Man, it's wild. It's hot shit. I love it for sure. But there are parts of it that are challenging, you know, which is pretty cool. Like there are parts of it where I feel like every rehearsal we do, there's a moment where I'm fucking pissed at you. I'm pissed at me and I'm pissed at Millie. And then there's moments where like, I love these people and I'm so happy. You know what I mean? Like I go through all of it as we're doing it. You know what I'm saying? Which I feel like is a good thing because I'm never pissed. Um at you I'm pissed maybe at where I feel like I may be coming up short or where I feel you know what I'm saying it's like shit like that where it's like I am emotionally involved in it I will say that and so like there are moments where I feel like there's challenges and there's pushes and pulls but every time we leave I go just got a little bit better you know there are also times I'd love to hear like do you see the uh, Val documentary no, I haven't the seen Val it yet. No, I haven't seen it yet. Dude, it's fucking fantastic. And I just read his book too. I love Val Kilmer. And there's like a moment at one of our rehearsals where we were talking about something. We were like heading out and there was like a shift in character where you, I want to say you and Millie expected one thing from me and I fucking disagree. And we started like, having a debate about it and i'm like we can't i left that day and i was like am i fucking val kilmer like am i a difficult to work with because of like being forthright about the shit that i like believe is true and then you know what's funny dude when i thought that i like this is the like uh after i thought that i said you know what good <laughs> and i thought and the only reason i say good is because i was like 
because at this point, I'm starting to believe that I know the right answer for Jay and I will fucking fight for it. Whereas like first rehearsal, maybe I would defer to you more. Like you would ask me what I think and then I'd say, cool, now tell me what you think so we can bridge that. And there was that moment where you were like, I think it's this. And I, with my entire body was like, I think you're wrong. You know what I mean? Like I respect you a thousand percent, but I think you are wrong in this moment. And so, um, so basically what I'm saying is I love it. which which is like i love that you bring up that moment too because i fucking Mm -hmm. loved that moment like it was dude me too i mean i think back i i like it's 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 something that i've that's one of my favorite parts of the entire rehearsal process thus far is because like i want i like i want that response from you and like you should have nothing to worry about because you're completely respectful in stating your opinion it was you know it's not like it's not like hey like you know fuck you like or like yeah you know calling your director an asshole or like you know (laughs) marlon brando working with frank oz and only referring to him as miss piggy um like yeah (laughs) uh, like uh no like it it was totally no it was like totally uh uh, it was a, a totally respectful disagreement and which is like beautiful i mean that's the sort of stuff that look like for working at such a low budget level and working on such, you know, at having a, there, look, there's so, you know, this because you're a filmmaker at when you're working at this budget level, there are so many things that could derail a project. There's so many things that could go wrong to be able to in rehearsal sort of poke and prod and find those and, and to push each other so that when we walk on set, we're able, like, we already have that communication established of, I think it's this way. Well, actually, I think it's this way. You know what I mean? And like, that we don't have to go through those, you know, not, they're not even growing pains, but we don't have to experience that for the first time with the pressure of, of a time crunch of like, we've got to get this scene shot in 30 minutes. Like, yeah. we, need to, we have the luxury of doing that, like in person beforehand uh it's it's incredible and i think that like when we do get to set like that all those reps are going to be so incredibly valuable um to where and that trust level is established um it's it's going to be you know that's the thing that like excites me so much um so i love that moment and like yeah yeah in the future that was a cool one that was i remember that day being like uh we're on to something you know what i mean because it felt like we were all painting the same picture even though we were using different shit you know what i mean but i was like oh we we all want this to be great and it's funny because when that moment happened and there's been a couple other moments like that where like we'll all kind of debate in a sense, um, you almost feel that heat on the back of your neck. And what that heat tells me is that we all care. You know what I mean? It's like, we all care. And sometimes I feel like when you're in a process like this and you're working, uh, especially as an actor, sometimes what you're doing is protecting yourself. And in that moment and in every moment, I don't feel like I'm protecting myself. I feel like I'm protecting Jay. And that means more to me. And that lets me know that like we're on the right path. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you know how like it's like, I'm sure you've done it. I've fucking done it. You're in situations where people are like, you should do this. And I'm like, cool, why? And then it's like, you should do this. And I'm like, okay. And then what you start doing is you start pulling your own shit back. And I'm like, I'm about to be the most toned down version of this shit because now I'm protecting myself, dude. I'm not going to make, I'm not going to let you make me look like a fucking asshole. You know what I mean? That is the dynamic that I struggle the most with in acting. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, you brought this up earlier where you were like, why isn't this guy playing this part himself? You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. 
one of the reasons why I um, I've pulled away from acting and like that's not where my heart lies is because of that tremendous leap of faith that you have to take because this is film is not the actor's medium, like it's yeah. the director and the editor's medium. I, I believe yeah. the actor. No, absolutely. There's so many shit movies and like actors are taking shit for like why the movie failed. And it's like an actor could give the greatest performance ever, but if like the director fucked up or the writer like didn't understand the beat, like that actor is left blowing out in the wind and like they look and they look stupid. You know what I mean? Like it's such a leap of faith and such a leap of trust. And it's something that I think is incredibly precious and that I have like the utmost respect uh, uh, for you and for any performer that like comes onto one of my projects you know, that like, that I take really, really seriously. And I think that that sense of empowerment is so important within that leap of faith. You know what I mean? Like you are trusting me to not make you look like an idiot. I think I said this to you from the very beginning. And it's something that I'll say again, especially when we get onto set, my, it's my job to make you look good. And I truly believe that, that, and that like every director should be thinking about that because their actors are literally jumping off a cliff for them. And like, just hoping that the director has pumped enough water into the pool below that they don't don't yeah. fucking splat against the rocks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Dude, that's actually, I love hearing you say that. Cause that's actually like the reason that I was like, nah, I'm not going to act in anyone else's shit. Like I'll act on the stage. Like I did a lot of plays in that meantime, but I'm not going to be in anyone else's film because to me, at least the way I come at it is like, I'm giving you fucking everything, dude. I'm giving you my bones. I'm giving you my soul. And then, and it's why I respect and love actors so much is because like, how often is someone's soul just being sucked away and thrown in the fucking garbage can? You know what I mean? It's like, it's so disheartening. And so that's what makes it so sick to work on something like this and to have the relationship we have is because I feel like I'm bringing my soul into your living room and there's all your kids stuff there. And you're like, no, nah, I'm gonna hold it and I'm gonna take care of it for you. And I'm gonna make sure that it, that it shines. And that feels fucking amazing, man. Like that is like, I would say the chef's kiss of what we're doing of what you're doing with this thing is like, I feel like we're coming in and we're giving a lot of ourselves to it, which is something I hesitate to do in other people's shit. But I feel like we're being, uh, it's being taken care of. You know what I mean? Like you're letting my little soul come in and you're being like, sit here, Brenny soul. You're going to be okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> here's your coffee. Here's your applesauce. You're going to be okay, baby. I'm like, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so like with it, like within that and within that sort of like very precious space that, um, that, that all, I think all film like should be, and it's, and on the corporate level, it's so seldom is, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's like very sort of like, all right, just send it down the fucking assembly line. Like, let's get this shit made. Um, yeah. but, um, you know, so, but within that sort of like that, that very precious space, um, you know, this is also like an incredibly volatile industry. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just curious for you, whether it's like with this project or like just in general, you know, what are some of the concerns that you have? What are things that you're trying to suss out? Like when you, when you start on a new project, like, are there things that, um, you know, what are some of the things that you look for as like red flags? Is there anything that like makes you hesitate? Um, mm. um, especially when it's like the, the choice is like either I give you my all or I like pull back into Yeah. It. I'm, uh, not a trusting person at all. So I start from a place of fuck you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I start like pretty detached 
and I kind of have my own process. And I would say like, you've probably even noticed, like maybe in our first rehearsal, you ask me questions and I go, yep, that. And I give you like one sentence. And now as we've gone on, I feel freer to like open up and like discuss things more and share things more, which feels really good. But at the root of it all, dude, all I want to do is make movies and I want to have fun making movies with the people I love. So when it comes to some dipshit project or something that I don't care about, I'm detached from it and I don't give a fuck if it happens or not a lot of times. This is one of those beautiful moments where I care as much as if it's mine. You know what I'm saying? And so, but when it comes to other shit, dude, I don't give a fuck. I'll quit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're not trying to make art and fucking have fun, like, if you're not trying to, like, make love happen and fucking do something dangerous and exciting and lovely, then fuck you, dude. I don't need this fucking shit. I can go make my own movies. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need your fucking 200 bucks for me to fucking do something. I'll go home and make something for free, man. You know what I'm saying? And I'll make something that I love because I don't give a fuck about like people seeing it or people knowing who I am. I love my day job. I love doing these little porta potty commercials. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not stressing for that shit. So when it comes to shit like that, it's all about how does it make me feel? And like, is my heart in it? And so that's the thing is like with my shit, with withdrawal, with theater work, my heart's in it, baby. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm giving it all to it. And otherwise, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? <laughs> like it is what it is. Yeah, I love that. Do you ever, like as an independent artist, do you ever think that you could do anything else with your life? No, I didn't even like, um, that's so, I love that you say that, man, because everyone in my family is, I call them all artists. They choose to just think of themselves as like independent people. But like everyone in my family works for themselves and none of them are well off, but all of them are happy. You know what I mean? And so I grew up seeing that and being like tight. So I'll work harder than everyone else the same way they do, but I'm only going to do it for shit that I love to make myself happy. So when it comes to like whatever other knickknack jobs I've done, uh, didn't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? I was just biding time, dude, writing movies and shit. But when it comes to what I love, no one's going to work harder. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to be so in it and so focused and I'm going to do what I love until the day that I die. And that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no, there is no other option. It's always interesting to me when people say that. And when people do have something, when they're like, well, if I don't do this, then like, obviously like I'll go into like casting or I'll do like this on this part of the thing. And I'm like, why though? Is it just to fulfill like a societal need of like making money and doing those things, which I respect, dude. I respect anyone who's like, I have to make a living and I have to do my thing. But for me, I'm not doing anything but the shit that I want to do. And I'll be poor the rest of my life doing it if I have to. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. I I mean, I, I suffer this. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, to me, <laughs> to me I, like, it kind of feels like an affliction sometimes, you know? Um, I, yeah. I, 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 and like, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, um, yeah, I, I've often won. Like, I know I'm capable of doing like plenty of other things in life. Uh, but yeah. could I like I've never even come close to the point where I thought I could like live my, with myself. Yeah, uh, it's amazing to hear you say you're capable of doing it because, dude, I don't even think I'm capable of doing something else. <laughs> I mean, just on the simple level of like, yeah, like you know, like I've watched my wife like go through medical school, and it's like, and like oh, go wow. through residency, yeah. right? And it's like, 
that's a, it's a really hard thing to do. And the part of me that just likes a challenge and that's competitive, like can't help but fantasize and be like, I could do that homework. Like I could do, yeah. I, I could read these books. Like I could do that. I could show up to the hospital every day. Like I could, I could talk to patients. Like I could do yeah. it, but, it, but the, it's, it's more about that, like that purpose driven stuff and like finding yeah. meaning in what you're doing. Not to say that being a doctor isn't meaningful. And like, just me personally, like, yeah, I just listen in the same way that I like, I like, I'm always a drug addict. Like even when I'm not like yeah. currently using drugs, yeah. I'm always an artist, whether or not, I, I'm doing it. And like, if I don't do it for a long period of time, like it, it, it like t- it takes such a toll that I'm just like not yeah. willing to risk it. Oh, that's beautiful, dude, because I'm just completely delusional. I'm like, I could probably still try out for the Braves if this all doesn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is the age when you have to consider you're not going to play in the NBA? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that 10 day contract, dude. What's up? You know what I mean? Like, you know what's wild, dude? I don't know about you, like, fantasizing about other jobs, but the jobs I do fantasize about having outside of the world of making movies and making art, I'm like, dude, being a fucking bat boy for the Braves, you know how sick that would be? You're just at every game. You also get to dress out. So much of it is just wearing the costume, man. I'm like, I get to do that. You get to chase the bats, dude. Catch a fucking fly ball every now and then. It sounds awesome. I'm like, that job sounds sick. There's a, dude, like it's little jobs like that. I see people do and I go, how amazing. Run a fruit stand. That sounds sick. You know what I mean? Like, dude, you should fruit all day. Beautiful. Dude. Oh, man. Dude, dude shining shoes. That one sounds awesome. Stop. Like, if that paid. What are you talking about? Pretty sweet gig, dude. Just hanging out all day. Headphones on, shining shoes. I don't know, man. I spotted an amazing shoe shine uh, con artist in Istanbul. Uh, this was, let me oh. tell you what his, his racket was. Okay. So he would spot a tourist. He had his like shoe shine like box like strapped to him, and mm-hmm. he would stand up and turn and walk, and then uh, a brush would fall off of his box, and you as the as the tourist would see the brush and you'd be like, "Hey man, you dropped your brush," and he'd come back and he'd go, "Oh, thank you, thank you so much. Oh, let me let me shine your shoes as part of thank you. Let me let me shine your shoes," and so then he would force you into the shoe shining, and then midway through he'd be like, "Okay, like five lira, five lira," and be like, and then. <laughs> If you say no, you would look like yeah. an asshole. So anyway, yeah. like I had, I like I knew I know that like scammers or whatever. Like if you if any no it, like never accept anything that's for free. You know what I mean? Because yeah, you yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. So like, of but I saw him drop the brush, and of course I was the guy who was like, "Oh hey man, your brush." And so then mm-hmm. he came over, and then my wife was like, "Oh, just get your shoe shot." And I was like, "No, we're leaving. Like, get away from me!" And like, <laughs> I, like pulled her away. Um, yeah. And 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 she was like, she looked at me. She was like, "Aaron, you're being crazy. Like, what are you talking about?" Mm-hmm. The next day, at the same, like in the same area, I saw mm-hmm. the dude. I like sat back and watched him, and I watched him do his little brush thing, like over and over and over again. Dude. And I was like, "Dude, that's we should make that damn. movie. I would yeah. love to play that guy. That's dude. Any hustler role." I have a, I have another idea. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, can I tell you my other dream job? Yeah, yeah. What's that? Dude, operating a mechanical bull at like a bar. <laughs> dude, can you imagine a sicker job? Like you just hang out. It's basically like you're doing theater every night. You All day long, you're just reading, you're drawing, you're fucking around. You go in at like 10 p.m. and you just sit there all night just fucking smoking J's, just 
operating this thing, chicks bouncing up and down on the thing. Sometimes dudes throwing them all over the place. Dream job. Are mechanical bulls operated by a guy? I thought it was automated. Oh, yeah, dude. There's a guy sitting there like fucking trying to throw you off, man. Really? I had no idea. I've never written it. Yeah, we should make that movie too, just so I can do that. Okay. (laughs) That's why I'm an actor, just simply so I can try out all these jobs. Hey, um, I mean, (laughs) it's good as reason as any, I'd say. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Um, Is there anything like as an artist and like it, whether it's like your idea of yourself as an artist or like in the practicalities of your career or even just like with a specific project, what are you afraid of in that? Um, not much anymore, man. I think that there was a time period where my biggest fear was like failure and running out of time and, um, not accomplishing maybe what I wanted in life. And then I had like uh, an epiphanic moment of sorts where I was like, oh yeah, no one is going to give me a late night talk show and be like, you're the perfect heir to David Letterman. So I'm just going to go do it. And no one's going to give me money to make these movies. And no one's waiting for me to show up to cast me in their film. So I'm just going to make those fucking movies and I'm going to write those books and I'm going to do all that shit and I'm not going to wait. And I'm going to do it strictly because of the feeling I get from doing it. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like I learned pretty early on that like the best feeling I'm going to get is when I'm alone with my cup of coffee and I'm fucking writing something that I genuinely care about. And I go, this is beautiful. And I feel fulfilled. There's not going to be a moment later on where someone's like, good job. That's not going to feel better. You know what I'm saying? If anything, I'm always going to question it and I'm going to do things like that. So it was like, to me, it's all about like putting that time in and thoroughly enjoying it. Like I just wrote, uh, I finished a script, um, yesterday. And again, is the best feeling of just putting it down and then like looking at it and being like, there it is, baby. And by there it is, I don't mean there is that script. I mean, there is me doing what I fucking love and that's all I need. Now let's go see a fucking movie. You know what I mean? So yeah. So I don't feel like I've got plenty of fears in life, of course, but when it comes to um, doing what I love, no. I love that. I love that. Um, and it's something that I, I relate to as well. I think maybe, you know, if I'm being completely honest, like my, the attachment to outcomes like still seeps into that ethos, mm-hmm. like for me. And like, suddenly I start to like, uh, you know, I, I have that empowerment moment where like, yes, like I know what the Hollywood's never coming. Like I have to do this myself, but yeah. then all of a sudden I'll, like the, the dependence on outcomes starts to wheedle its way back in where like I'm making yeah. a thing and then it's like, well, if I'm not, if this doesn't get into like this festival or like something mm-hmm. like then like, yeah. I'm you know, X, Y, Z. Um, so, uh, but that still that, that spirit and that, that true sense of independence. And I think it comes from me down to me, uh, the confusion for most of my life, I confused the ends with the means, right? That the end result or that pat on the back or that like, you know, Oscar acceptance speech in the mirror that I like practiced yeah. as a kid <laughs> was the goal where mm. in actuality, the daily grind and those moments with your coffee, like at your computer or with a camera in your hand, like testing out some fucking whatever, uh, mm-hmm. some lens, 
like those are the moments of of real joy and 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 trying to retrain my brain to like understand that those those moments of process are really where the happiness comes because those moments of 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 at the end of the process i number one aren't guaranteed and number two like you quickly kind of find out that like they're not what you imagined they would be um (laughs) and it's a pretty and it can be incredibly dissatisfying to like chase that yeah so last year i made um was it last year yeah um i made uh that movie headass that i was talking about and it was seriously i was like I kind of moved back to like my hometown during COVID because for better or worse, as we know in the South, the small towns kind of just kept existing. And I was, I felt very lonely and I was felt like in Atlanta, things weren't existing so much, you know? So like, um, I kind of moved back there and I started this like uh, theater school with one of my best friends and she and I like put it together. And then it it helped me in learning that lesson of it's about the doing than it is anything else. Because in working with the kids and trying to teach them literally every single thing I know um, about theater or acting or about anything, meditation, anything like that, it became like I had never been more fulfilled in just the process. You know what I'm saying? And so then I was like, this feels so fucking good let's transfer this to film. And so then I made head ass with, I think you've met CJ from the Plaza, one of my best friends. So I made a movie with my two best friends. It was me and him did all the crew shit and we were in it. And then Allie, um, who plays my sister in head ass, she was in every scene. And then we used the students from our class and stuff. And so I've never had more of like my heart and soul into something that was just so fucking fun. And then when we did a screening, um, at the Plaza, the most beautiful feeling was not people liking what I'd done or anything like that. It was being there and with so many people that I loved and knowing that we did something together and then seeing the kids who are my students see themselves on the big screen and the fucking excitement and joy they had. Because again, it wasn't the, they weren't having the joy of being like, Oh, we're recognized and we're stars or we've done something. It wasn't the pat on the back. It was just them seeing themselves having so much fun. And I'm like, that is the whole reason to do it, dude. You know what I mean? So like that whole, like, couple years there of like kind of keeping my head down writing running that school and then making head ass kind of I feel like was the most it was like I started like aging in a very like um mature and patient way and patience is like my uh greatest flaw like I am the most impatient person ever but I started to learn it in a different way and started to really appreciate every single little moment of my life and of creating things you know what I'm saying so now I feel like even when I come into like the withdrawal rehearsals and everything that we're doing I never feel like I'm running out of time doing something like I feel very confident in the pace that we're moving towards this thing yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love that. I mean, I can also I can also detect the moments where like maybe the the rehearsal conversation has gone too like has gone too galaxy brain and I feel I feel the impatience <laughs> like coming off of you. But I also but I also know that but I'm also listen, yeah. I trust like I, first of all, 
I I also get impatient with that stuff to a degree, even though sometimes I'm a, I'm a little guilty of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I also trust that I think that by like um, some of the repeated exposures to that will actually like continue to push you, uh, you know, even further. So yeah. <laughs> hopefully it hasn't you know gone to the point of where you're like, oh man, fuck this, I can't believe he's fucking talking again. <laughs> Dude, I love hearing you say it. Have you ever read, not to nerd out on basketball, have you ever read the book of basketball, Bill Simmons book? Bill Simmons book, yeah, of course. <laughs> so fucking good, dude. But I love, there's something in it, and I feel like it also applies metaphorically, is that uh, I feel like the whole point of the book is that the secret of basketball is that it's not about basketball. And being the best basketball player in the world doesn't win you championships. It's playing as one person in five different bodies and it's being one moving thing. And he talks about how throughout so many different, like let's take Kobe. Cause you and I both love Kobe. Kobe didn't get the secret of basketball until he got those two championships at the end of his career. And then he fully understood that it was a team game and Kobe became a distributor and Kobe became a genius on the court. You know what I'm saying? He was the best one-on-one player in the game prior to, but he became a fucking, he became the team. He became Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. He became the fucking team. And then, and so I love that thing. And so I feel like that's exactly what you're saying is there are times when I feel like I come into a scene and I'm like, I'm baby Kobe, dude. I'll fucking take every shot. (laughs) And you're like, I need you to be grown up Kobe working with pal, working with, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. that makes a lot more sense to me, which is unfortunate because I come from a more heavy improv background than anything. But sometimes I come in looking to take the shot as opposed to looking for the right pass. And this has been a great experience of me being like, yo, I need to get my fucking Isaiah Thomas, John Stockton game up. You know what I'm saying? And let someone else be my fucking mailman, you know, which is pretty cool. Well, I, I don't know. I'm like, I don't, I don't even know if I would necessarily like throw out those player comps because like I, the fact that you like, when I look into your eyes, I know that you want the last shot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a, that, that is a, a powerful skill. And like, mm. I, I have like, it's a joy to work with you because I have no doubt that like you will fade from the moment. I have the utmost confidence that you will rise to whatever moment is presented with you or that you're mm-hmm. presented with. Um, it's uh, and I think that's where it gets like really fun. Cause it's like, okay, well like all that, like all the hardest intangibles, you know what I mean? Like are there, we don't need to talk about that. Like we don't even, I don't even right. need, like we don't need to discuss about like, Oh, like the stress might be this or that. Like, I'm not yeah, worried yeah, about yeah. that with you at all. Um, yeah. and so instead you get to talk about some of like these fundamental mechanic. Yeah. Like mechanics type stuff, um, which is also, which is also an incredible joy. Um, but just, but then but having that trust in the background of being like, no, this dude is like, he's going to like 15 seconds left get him the ball like he's gonna fucking take it and like that's a shot i'm gonna live with like is uh is such a joy as um as a as a director that's Uh, sweet dude that's high praise i I like that last thing and i i'm asking this because i think it is a question that every director should ask their cast no matter what yeah um and so what what would make this film experience the best possible experience for you That's a good question, dude. I, okay, yeah, I know exactly what it is. The feeling I had when I left the rehearsal was that, or sorry, when I left the audition was that I came in 
and I did my best, and then you pushed me to do a little bit better than that. And that is it. That's all I want from the movie is to continue that process of being like, I came in and gave him a hundred and he fucking stretched out my hundred to a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, not to keep going back to basketball, but you know, we both have an obsession. Do you remember the bubble finals? Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's one of my favorite players in the game when he's fucking dropping 42 points and he's, He's literally, he's almost being carried off the court. Yes, dude, there's that image. And Eric Spolstra said, that is the image of a champion before he is a champion. And that is all I want. You know what I'm saying? That is all I fucking want is I want at the end of it to look like that and you to to be like, uh, nope, you, you still got two minutes left and you can do it. You know what I'm saying? That to me is, it feels like that's the road we're headed down. And that's what I fucking want more than anything is I want to feel as fulfilled as I can possibly be and know that I did the best fucking job I could possibly do for you. You know what I mean? I love it. I love it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Let's make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Brent, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. Where where can people find your work? Sure. Yeah. I mean, pretty much everything is on uh, Vimeo. So that would be at Brent Michael, M-I-C-H-A-L. Um, I think that's my at something like that. It's like yeah, at yeah. Brent Michael on Vimeo. Um, yeah, I've got like 30 something films on there. Probably a bunch of little micro shorts. Um, a couple like, like one featurette, some shorts, different shit like that. Definitely go check out his work. It's fantastic and fascinating and just super interesting. It won't be like anything else that you see. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much. And until next time, that is a wrap.